This is your other brother's podcast. It's like running through an open door. It's like finding what you're looking for. We've been waiting. We won't wait no more. We got a beautiful story. Every morning, on and on. We got a beautiful story. And we've only just begun. The best is yet to come. Welcome home, friends, to your other brother's podcast. We are a community navigating faith, homosexuality, and masculinity together. From the jewel of the Blue Ridge of Asheville, North Carolina, my name is Tom, and I'm so glad that you are here. On this special episode, it's the holy episode. We always love having these episodes with our... <laughs> the holy crew. I don't know, we need a better name for, the, for this team. But it's my, my friends and my brothers and my pastor friends. They are from the handprint of God of Mighty Michigan, our other brother, Ben. What's up, Ben? Hey, Tom. As always, thanks again. You haven't thrown me off yet. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. And joining us also from uh, the frozen tundra of Alberta, Canada, it's our other brother, Will. What's up, Will? Hey, you know, I think I am like holier than everybody else. Mm. So the the sort of holy crew or or whatnot, I'd be fine. The holy crew. (laughs) You're holier (laughs) than thou and thine (laughs) and all, (laughs) all of the others. Yeah, no, I know you guys. I, I see I see the true nature. I know you guys are both flawed and you have sin just like I do. I don't don't you don't fool me. But it is a blessing to have <laughs> you guys on. And we've talked about all sorts of topics over the years. And this is one that harkens back to an episode we did just a few episodes ago with you guys. Um to close out 2021. We did an episode called Advent and Sexuality. And today is the exciting sequel that nobody asked for, but we're doing anyway. Lent! And sexuality. So I can't wait to go through this topic with you guys. I was joking with you guys beforehand um, and with some of our yobbers because what we usually do, this is a little inside scoop for anyone that doesn't know how our community works and how the podcast works. We do these Zoom rooms a couple times a month, which generally follow the podcast topic that we just did the previous week. So it's usually a fun follow-up for people who listened to the episode or who didn't for that matter. And you can have a conversation, a further conversation about the topic that we just discussed on the podcast. But sometimes life intervenes. Sometimes schedules just get thrown off depending on who's available to record when and when the Zoom rooms are scheduled each month. And we actually have had this conversation already. We had a conversation just last night as of this recording with our yobbers about Lent and sexuality. And it was so lovely to get such an incredible cross-section of our community because we had Catholics present, we had other Orthodox traditions present, we certainly had our fair share of evangelical Baptisty people present as well. And so it was really fun just to see where everybody's coming from with respect to this season that we're in, this Lent time. And to have a conversation and then eventually make the bridge and connect it to our sexuality. So I'm really excited to redo this conversation now now with the recording microphone on with you guys it'll be it'll be fun times but i need to i need to put out an apology to our listeners because we have gone dark our radio signal what's what's a good metaphor i don't know we we didn't have episodes these last couple weeks and as someone running this show i feel 
to blame. I feel like it's my fault, you guys, that there was no new listening content these last couple of weeks. Um, it's been hard. It's been a hard couple of weeks for me. I'm just going to pull the veil back a little bit. My my grandmother passed away a couple of weeks ago. And anyone that knows me for a little while or um, knows my affinity for Pennsylvania where I grew up, I just had this incredible grandmother who got her master's in English literature at age 62 and traveled the world with her husband um, was one of my biggest cheerleaders as a writer. Like when I started writing books and became invested in writing, like, like there's no greater fan than my grandmother. And so, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a challenging couple of weeks. She died unexpectedly as old as she was. It was still unexpected. And, um, and I had to, had to make some travels that I didn't plan on making for services and time with family. And it just kind of threw off, threw off everything. The really unfortunate thing about this <laughs> is that my my hope was to do at least two, maybe three episodes um, prior to a little break. I'll explain why we're about to have a break. Because after this episode, we're going to have a little bit of a podcast break. Um, and so I feel bad that that the listening audience was robbed of a couple episodes of ConvoCasts and Yobcasts. But but this is life, I guess, right? Like people people die and people you have to roll with the punches and change schedules and move things around. So, so if anyone was curious, if you're not in our Yarbers community and you didn't know, um, like that's that was a big reason why we had to because we were going to record this episode like two weeks ago and we just had to <laughs> put it on the back burner for a little while. So, um, so yeah, it's been it's been a challenging challenging couple of weeks. If anyone out there wants to pray for old Tom and uh, and my family, we would appreciate it. We're definitely reeling. Do you guys do you guys have any? Um, like, did you get connected at all with your any of your grandparents or grandmothers, or do you have a sense of of rootedness there? Because I, because um, I've heard from so many people, not everyone was close with their grandparents, and I'm grateful that I was. But, um, but I've just heard from so many people in the aftermath of her death, like saying, "Me too, me too." Like I was, I was devastated. I still miss my grandma. Like 15, 20 years later, like I've heard so many of those stories, and and so it's been. I don't know. It's one of those things that helps you connect with your fellow man um that other other people have lost their grandmas too and it's been it's been reassuring i guess to know that i'm not <laughs> i'm not the only one yeah for <clears throat> for me i was close to both of my grandparents my grandma passed away like when i was in grade six so crazy time for uh anybody to begin with but a couple of years ago i did my grandpa's funeral and that was that's an interesting thing doing a um uh officiating uh, a funeral for uh, uh for a family member and um yeah so that's a uh that was an incredible and difficult experience at the same time and yeah i imagine yeah, very it must be like such an honor to have the role to play in that ceremony for your family but then but then you're also grieving yourself and you're a person too, you know? And so I imagine that can be hard to hold in both hands. Mm -hmm. I had mentioned, um, <laughs> we have a little, uh, leadership author group chat, um, you know, for our listeners and right after, uh, you know, Tom's grandma had passed away. I, you know, it feels weird following and saying, guess what? Me, me too. My grandpa down in Florida passed away. And that was the, the last, um, well, near, I should say to the last of my, uh, my grandparents, I have one more who 
I don't get to see that often, maybe once every four or five years. And there's not a huge amount of closeness there, but um, yeah, a lot of good memories with my grandpa down in Florida. And so we say goodbye during this time. And by we, I mean me, because my family opted not to not to have a gathering at this time. And I'm not sure if they're going to do one in the future or not. A lot of, uh, a lot of pain in the family. There's some, uh, some bitterness, some resentment, unfortunately. So a different kind of grieving when people don't come together and actually talk about stuff. Yeah, that's right. I remember you mentioning that too, Ben, that you're, you're, you lost a grandparent as well within the same breath of me losing one of mine. And, um, I feel, yeah, I feel the finality of it all because she was my last, my last grandparent to pass away. And so there's this sense of, wow, like that is really the closing of an era, closing of a generation. Like the fact that all of my grandparents are now, are now gone. And so it's, it's interesting. I haven't had, I've been very blessed that I haven't had to deal with a lot of grief. Like I've lost a couple loved ones and lost a dog that was like my best friend growing up. But like, other than these, you know, handful of losses that I can count on one hand, like I realized that. I've been very blessed compared to some people who have lost many, many others, um, uh, friends too. Um, and so it's a time of grieving and it's kind of like, it fits into this kind of the dark season of leading up until good Friday, which like I'm definitely leaning into that and just savoring the good moments too. Cause I think I'm trying to, I'm trying to weigh both where it's like, yes, lament grief, feel like the world is broken and, and it is, but then also like what a gift my grandmother was what a gift, what a gift grandparents can be, um, to so many people. Like we were like one of the most spiritual moments of my life. This will be the last story I share is like my, one of my grandma's favorite songs, if not her favorite song is take me home country roads by John Denver. And I'd heard it so many times growing up. Cause like she has like half, she had nine kids and half of them play guitar. And so at Christmas times or birthdays or whatever fe family festivities, you know, a couple of my uncles would be whipping out their guitars and singing songs. And my, my grandmother always loved hearing that song um, by John Denver. And so it was spooky in like the best way, but very spooky for 40 of us to be sitting on her back porch as one of my uncles played the guitar to take me home country roads. Um, which has the lyric, something about Blue Ridge. There's a Blue Ridge lyric in in that song about going to West Virginia. And I I was like a mess. Like, how are, you, how are all you people singing when this is like surreal? Like it's spooky and magical. And and we were all singing in her honor. And it was, I don't know, it was beautiful. It's, it's, it's bittersweet. Like it's, she lived a life well lived, a full rewarding life. And it also... But it's also just horrible now that we're all left behind and we have, we have to continue living life without her in the hopes that we will be reunited one day, certainly. But like, man, it's a it's a weird thing to, to navigate new terrain like this. Do, do you have a hobby or a, a habit uh, that you've uh, copied from your grandparents? Like, for example, for me, uh, my grandma uh, gave me uh, her typewriter uh, when I was uh, a wee little kid. And now I collect typewriters and I have way too many of them. Uh, and it's just, uh, uh, it's just like a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's just like, it's, it's interesting how grandparents influence us. And for me, it's typewriters and old books. That's beautiful. That's fits right up your alley. Mine is <laughs> um, popcorn. Of all of all the things, it's popcorn. My uh, my grandpa down in Florida, 
Um, we'd go down there when I was a kid, maybe once every two years. And I remember he would stay up late with me and we would watch stuff on Nick at night. And he would make this gigantic bowl of buttered popcorn. And it was an every night thing. And so I started associating that with him. And it's impossible to eat a bowl of popcorn now without thinking of him. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I think for me, I was trying to think about something tangible. Nothing comes to mind tangibly, but like the show Jeopardy, my grandmother loved watching Jeopardy. And for the life, like there's some Jeopardy like super fans out there for sure. That's never going to be me. But inevitably, whenever I would visit her, it was like appointment television, like every night at seven o'clock we're watching Jeopardy. And I love that. I love to be able to just sit there next to my grandmother and watch Jeopardy. Um, and I'd like to think that I will tune in more often now just to to remember like, oh yeah, this used to be something that um, was very special to just share a 30 minute program with my grandmother on these visits. And so that's, that's something whenever, whether I'm watching it or not, whenever I see any mention of Jeopardy or hear about Jeopardy, like that's inevitably something I'll think about with her. Same thing with Scrabble. She loved Scrabble and playing that game. I can't imagine the rest of my life playing that game again and not thinking about her in a very visceral way. Cause it was just so fun to, as a writer, as a reader and a lover of words, like it was just the perfect game that we could share together and enjoy. So, um, so yeah, shout out to all the grandmas out there, all the grandma, all the grandmas and grandpas listening right now. We love you. Um, so meaningful. Yeah. I'm so grateful. My life is, uh, never be the same. Hard to believe you guys, this man you see before you or here before you for those listening would not be what he is without, without his dear beloved grandmother. So, so I'm, I'm grateful. And the grief will take a while, but like, honestly, it's, isn't grief the most beautiful thing because grief shows you that something beautiful has been lost. And like that to me, the fact that I'm crying to bed at night <laughs> is like, it points to like, yeah, this was an amazing woman. Of course I'm sad. Of course I'm devastated. Like that's, there's a sweetness to it. My, one of my go-to passages for funerals is, uh, uh, first Thessalonians four. I, I just finished a bike ride. So my brain is fuzzy. So I can't remember the exact verse from that, but it, it the apostle Paul talks about, uh, uh, do not be like those who grieve without hope, which means we grieve with hope. Like it's not, he's not saying not to grieve, uh, but we have a hopeful grieving. And I just, that, that idea, that image is just so comforting, I think. Absolutely. Hopeful grieving. Um, for anyone else that's grieving, we are with you. Um, and we trust, yeah, we have this hope that it's going to, all the sad things will become untrue. I love the, isn't that like the children's storybook translation? I have always quite loved that. Um, I guess this is sort of a segue to announcements now, because I did mention that the podcast, even though we just took a break, is taking a little bit of a longer break. This was always in the plans, always in the works because we are gearing up you guys for our second ever virtual retreat. And these retreats are very special and these retreats are very time consuming and take a lot of time. So for the sake of my mental health and just practicality, um, I will be taking off my podcast hat for the next month or two and then putting on my retreat hat as we put together this event. Um, we did this event at the end of 2020, just to give a little backstory. Um, because we tried to have our camp retreat. We had done a camp retreat in 2018 and 2019. And then with COVID hitting in 2020, we tried two times thinking that the COVID cloud had cleared. That's a fun little alliteration. Um, 
Tried to have it in the spring of 2020 and then tried to have it in the fall of 2020. Could not do either of those camp retreats. So what did we do? We decided let's do a virtual retreat. And so we did a virtual retreat the end of 2020. And it was one of the biggest surprise hits of Yob's little six plus year experiment that we've been running now. Um, people loved it. And I was shocked and I was pleasantly surprised. And it was a wonderful time. We had about 50 of us from all over the world. Um, it was way more accessible than a camp retreat would have been. We had people coming from other countries, other countries away to be there with us. And so, um, so we're doing it again because the, one of the big pieces of feedback that I really appreciated from that virtual retreat, um, was that it felt like a stepping stone for a lot of people in our community who would have been way too intimidated, way too daunted to sign up for a camp retreat, whether they've been in our community for months or years or whether they were brand new, like there is a dauntingness to showing up in the woods with 50 people you've never met and just like saying, okay, here we go. Let's do this. <laughs> so um, the virtual retreat, a little less daunting. You got more protection. You know, you can, uh, you can come in your pajamas. You can shut the laptop at any moment if you really wanted to. And, you know, there's a lot more, there's a lot less uh, risk, I guess, as far as just stepping out of your comfort zone to try something that you've never tried before and to meet with people you've never met. So um, I say all that to say, we would love to have you listening. If you're a Yabber listening, you are welcome to attend. Signups as of this recording are active. They are happening now. Um, so you can check our community boards and Patreon page to figure out how you could sign up. And if you're not yet a Yabber, here is the beauty. I feel like this would be a harder sell if we had a camp retreat coming up. Maybe some certain personalities would be up for it or Enneagram sevens that are out there, or maybe that's it. I don't know. But um, if you've always been curious about becoming a Yabber, if you were wondering, is that healthy for me? Is that a good decision? Do I want to become a yabber? Um, I think this is like the best time of year because we hope to do these digital retreats every year now. That would be my hope. Um, I feel like this is the best time to become a yabber. Become a yabber, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash your other bros, sign up to become a patron and then you are eligible to then sign up for the virtual retreat. And if you become a yabber and you go to the virtual retreat, April 21 to 23, and you figure out that this community is not for you, then that's okay. You tried it, you gave it a go, you supported us for a month, and we love you and we support you. We recognize that the Yab world, it's a very special world and it may not be for everybody, but I think it's for a lot of people. And I think it's for a lot of people who just need a little extra push, a little extra initiative. And so why not? Why not now? If you've been lurking, we, we love our lurkers. If you've been lurking in the shadows for months or even years, like, why not now? Why not drop $5 a month on our Patreon, sign up for the retreat, and then maybe, maybe, just maybe, your little sparrow self will find a home with us. You know, here's a little motivation for people who need it. Uh, uh, for the virtual retreat, we um, use a thing called Gather Town. And uh, it's like, if Pokemon turned gay, um, uh, it's that's that's what... <laughs> the the yab retreat feels like so <laughs> it's uh okay. oh i've never heard it heard it put a more fitting way well that's <laughs> that is poetic and beautiful all at once tom zuniga i choose you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you get these little avatars and you get to toddle around the grid and talk to people like it's very clever how it's set up if no one's ever used gather before you you like approach your little 
you, you have a, an avatar and you get to approach other avatars and the closer you get, they pop up on their webcams and you step away and then they disappear. And so you could just enter a conversation, listen to what's going on, then just walk away. You could listen to another conversation and um, we'll break up into small groups throughout the weekend. We'll have worship time. We'll have speakers. Um, we'll have some fun exercises and icebreakers, of course. And so it'll be three days um, April 21, 22, 23 deadline to sign up is April 17th. So if any of that appeals to you, if, if you want more questions, if, if you have questions and you want more info rather, um, shoot me an email, Tom at your other I would be delighted to answer any retreat questions from anyone out there listening because yeah, it's, it was so much fun. And I, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful after doing one of these, that it'll be even better the second time. So, um, the yobbers. 2022 virtual retreat coming soon. Stay tuned. And then keeping the announcements going with book club. We just had a fantastic book club talking about gay and Catholic. And we are moving on. Um, this month we're reading Deeper by Dane Ortland on April 20th. Actually, I joked with the book clubbers. It's the night before the virtual retreat. So it's kind of like the virtual retreat pregame show. It's like we're all going to hang out for book club. And then I think... Well, not I think, the next day, the next morning, actually, the virtual retreat will start. So it's almost like a little sleepover party with Deeper <laughs> and Dane Ortland. So we'll be reading that this month. And then Redeeming Sex by Deborah Hirsch, reading that for the month of May. So um, that is up. That is what it's up next in our book club. And again, all that information is on our Patreon. We would love to have you. These are such stimulating conversations. And you guys, this is breaking news because I just found out today that my church is doing a book club, also meeting on the second Wednesday of the month or third Wednesday of the month, whatever that third Wednesday, I think, um, for the summer only. So for, I think, May, June and July, I will be doing double duty book clubs. It's going to be a little crazy, a little hectic, but I'm going to try to make it happen. <laughs> I'm going to take after Will and just read all the books, all the books all the time. That's exactly what I do. I just read all the books. <laughs> Will, Will or Ben, for that matter, did you have you ever read the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer? Because that's what we're reading. That it's a pretty well-known book. I'm surprised you haven't read it. Yeah, it's too convicting. No, thank you. <laughs> I I only read books by authors who are like 300, 400 I know. years old. It might be not quite your demographic. Yeah, he's a he's a well-known. He used to do be a, a famous pastor of uh, Bridgetown Church, I believe, in Portland, and so. Um, He's uh, he's written a few books, and I've always wanted to read this book, so I'm excited to read that. That is not part of the, to be clear, not part of the Yabbers book club. This is part of my church book club, but um, but maybe that book, if it goes well, will become a Yabbers book club entry one day. You should invite your church to join the Yabbers book club and to see what happens. <laughs> that would dice. be a fun experience. <laughs> Roll the dice. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Or or have them like uh, read a Velvet Rage. I was gonna say we would need a really <laughs> we need a really gay book to really welcome them in. You know, like deeper I, is so safe. I I, I speak at churches uh, on issues of sexuality quite a bit, and uh, um, I always talk about a Velvet Rage, and I'm mm -hmm. surprised I have not gotten in trouble yet. <laughs> Just keep going until you get in trouble. That's the rule, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, and as we get ready to discuss Lent, we thank our sponsor, Lent. Thank you, Lent, for sponsoring this show on Lent. You guys, isn't it one of life's greatest pleasures when you do the laundry, you put on a new shirt, 
And then you take off your shirt later that day and you discover in your belly button a little a little <laughs> t- little fluff of lint. Isn't that so magical? <laughs> Out of all the sponsors, I probably feel the most uncomfortable uh, with this sponsor, at least associating it with lint. <laughs> you know, you know, like the lint in your belly button sponsoring this episode today that makes you uncomfortable i can't imagine why those of you that, that can't see i think it's that will feels personally attacked you know because he just reached down and was digging around a little bit and so Look at I, this. yeah so you know there might be some conviction going on there i'm not sure with all the flannel that I wear, I probably do produce extra lint. Mm. So I was going to say, I'm going to look right now at my belly button and see if I have any. I don't. That would have been really fun if I could hold up a piece of lint for you. But I I haven't done my laundry in a couple of weeks. So sadly, this was the wrong timing. Wrong timing for that. But but thank you, Lint, for sponsoring this. Sponsoring, sponsoring this show. <laughs> we love Lint. Um, and we love Lent as well. You guys... Let's talk about Lent. I thought it would be good, since we have our pastor double dose, let's define what Lent is. I would love to hear, who would, who would like to go first? I would love to hear one of you, in your words, define, without looking up anything, use your words, what would you say Lent is? For people, for all of our evangelicals out there who have no idea what Lent is, um, tell us what Lent is, and then I'll let the other pastor then subtract or add on to what was just said. And then we will, I will have a second element to this. So who would like to go first, Pastor Ben or Pastor Will? Who has a handle on, <laughs> on Lent? They're both being very... I, I, I can go. I can go. So yeah, the Lent is the 40 days, you know, leading up to um, Easter. And the purpose is to consider the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And... How do we live life? How do we do life in relation to that? It's meant to be, you know, a looking to Christ, but also looking inward, um, seeing what, you know, patterns in life perhaps have perhaps gotten between us and God, things that detract from that relationship and a, a refocusing, if you will, on the cross of Jesus and all that it means to take up our cross and follow him. Beautifully said. Pastor Will, would you like to change any of that? Or do you accept that answer? Isn't Lent just needless suffering? Just <laughs> Another definition. Yeah. No, no, that that was a, a very good definition. And maybe to add on to it uh, for the less liturgical types, um, it's just the concept of a church calendar. Uh, uh, so having different uh, seasons. So like... Um, a liturgical calendar is not in, in scripture, but it's something that like churches have practiced for a very, very long time of just uh, almost having like an even diet of scripture throughout the year and different emphases throughout the year. So so having a season to focusing on on uh, Good Friday um, uh, and, and the suffering on the cross and the Easter season, Easter is not just one Sunday in the liturgical calendar. It's a season that's just as long as Lent. Um, and, uh, and that's focused on the celebration of the resurrection. And then you have Pentecost and, and uh, ordinary time and, um, and uh, Advent. So like you have these different emphases throughout the, uh, throughout the year. So it may seem weird uh, for uh, evangelical types of like, why do you have this season focusing on 
the the suffering well we do have seasons focusing on other aspects of the uh, uh christian life and the biblical narrative as well mm. yeah and there's plenty of weirdness to go wrong to go around because you could look at things evangelicals do and if you're telling me you're an evangelical and there's nothing weird about your denomination or your your no there's there's plenty there's plenty to go around um i wanted to go to the queen go to queen miriam and hear what she had to say about lent are you guys ready <laughs> i was wondering who the, the queen, queen was <laughs> oh there's only one there's only one queen in these parts um you guys i i live in canada there there's <laughs> you have another queen God bless you. Um, Here's what Queen Miriam says. Lent is Lent, the past tense or past participle of Lent. That's the first definition. But then secondary secondary definition, which you guys have done a good job saying. The 40 weekdays from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday observed by the Roman Catholic Eastern and some Protestant churches as a period of penitence and fasting. First known to be used in the 13th century. I found that interesting. What happened in the 13th century that Lent finally became a thing? <laughs> you guys know. What, who dis, was that the Pope or who decided that? Who decided well, Lent? Well, and I'm, I'm somebody who studies historical theology, uh, so I feel ashamed that I don't oh. uh, uh, I know. Like I, I could probably make some guesses, but I, I don't want to make Okay, that. yeah, we don't need to... We don't need to challenge your intelligence right now. If you don't know, you don't know. That's all. But yeah, I found that interesting. She just threw that in there. First first known to be used in the 13th century, this term Lent. Um, but anyway, that is what we're talking about today. Thank you, pastors. Thank you, queen. Um, we're here to talk about Lent. Is Lent part of you, your guys's, let's, let's split this up. Is it part of your upbringing? Because we were all raised in the faith, right? So I'm curious if it was, if it was part of your spiritual upbringing first of all. And then second part of that is, is it part of your observing and part of your faith now? Um, I guess I'll go, go first. Uh, um, it was the Lent aspect was not observed in my upbringing. Um, uh, Good Friday was, uh, that was always observed, but the, the rest of the Lent season, uh, was not, um, and I grew up in um, a, a United Brethren tradition for a little bit, and then a Wesleyan tradition, and uh, then a bit Pentecostal, and so I've had like a whole mix of of different traditions, and and yeah, none of them practice Lent, but all practice Good Friday. Now, my current tradition, which is from a Reformed background, uh, practices Lent, um, like not as maybe not as heavy with the liturgy. Uh, uh, liturgical stuff as as uh, Roman Catholic or or Orthodox, um, but we do uh, practice Lent uh, every year. Very very nice. What about you, Ben? So the church that I you know was first introduced to, um, there wasn't you know much emphasis on the on the church calendar at all. I wasn't really aware of the church calendar um, until after I was an undergrad. So. So yeah, not necessarily much background there, but um, my current church setting, uh, there's been years where it's been emphasized some more more than others. Um, this year, I did do a little bit of a, a different approach going into the start of this year. Um, and part of that was looking towards Lent. We're going through a different thing each month that we're trying to, trying to focus on and cultivate. Um, 
and part of that might also be surrendering certain things, but it's not necessarily, you know, tied with Lent per se. Yeah, for me, Lent is definitely not part of my spiritual upbringing. Went to a lot of non-denominational and Southern Baptist churches. Um, and so did not have any concept of, I mean, I think I knew what Lent was, but I saw no reason to participate it. It was never part of my church um, teaching or, or attendance that I went to. And so it wasn't until I was an adult, I moved out to California in my, my mid-20s and um, the church I started attending out there um, observed Lent and had had a Ash Wednesday service and everything. And so that was so foreign to me, but it was it was a Protestant church, but then they also really enjoyed and practiced the liturgy and had readings. And, um, and so it was very, when I started experiencing it at first, it was foreign. It was strange. I didn't quite get it. I didn't understand it. Um, it felt my view of my view of things like that has growing up was honestly judgmental, cynical, thinking that it's like this, this lifeless ritual that people do that they feel like they have to do. Um, when we've been freed, we're not under the law anymore or whatever the argument was um, that I had to my either consciously or unconsciously taught to me. Um, and little did I know, like as I started to participate and um, like our church, our church back then and my church presently actually puts out a 40 day of prayer um, booklet. And so like every day we have a scripture to read and things to pray for, um, which is really cool in these days leading up to Easter. Like participating in that and then in, and then also subsequently participating in a fast for these 40 days um, was something that was just very life-giving for me to try to try something new and realize like, oh, like this is actually giving me a sense of structure in my faith that doesn't just feel just like waking up to whatever, like whatever I want to do today, whatever. Like, no, this is grounding me um, to read scripture, grounding me to give up something and in the giving up to constantly be reminded of um of who I've staked my life on, who I've staked this story on, and to just be consciously reminded of that and in the most sometimes in the most silly of ways, depending on whatever I was giving up, or sometimes more significantly, um, depending on what I was giving up. But to on to be reminded nonetheless of why why I'm even here, why am I even choosing to live the way that I live. So so Lent for me, it's not something I've practiced, I'll be honest, it's not something I've practiced every year since then. Um, but I would say if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna Put an average on it. I would say every other year, it's something that I just felt like it was something I wanted to participate in um, going back, you know, 10, 10 or 12 years now. Um, and this year is the first year I'm practicing in a few years just because with COVID and everything, this is not an excuse. I'll, I'll own up to my to my awfulness, but just being very spiritually lethargic. I don't know if anyone out there can resonate with just feeling lethargic in general these last couple of years with everything going on in the world, but um, did not exactly feel inclined to like, yes, I'm going to sacrifice something this year. I, it's like, I'm already sacrificing. I can't, I can't do it anymore, which is going to enter into the conversation as we go on. But um, that's some of my little uh, Lent, some of my uh, Lent journey leading up to this year, 2022. We had a really fun, like I mentioned at the top, we had a fun Zoom call with the Yabbers and it was cool to get people's perspectives on Lent and perspectives on fasting. And we had a lot of great, um, honest questions, Will, you were there at the call, um, about fasting and about um, like, how do you do it? Or what do you give up? Or how should you do it? Um, we had some really just like cool, inquisitive questions from people who maybe weren't as familiar with it, or were just curious about how we fast or whatever. How do you, how do you view the fasting component of Lent? Because I think some people think that's all Lent is, but it's like, it's a component of of this season. 
how do you approach how do you approach fasting in general but then obviously specifically during during this lenten season how do you approach fasting what does it what does it do for anyone who's never done it before like what does it do for you um assuming you have fasted before which i know will has because he said he did <laughs> so does that mean i should uh speak yeah first here? speak first <laughs> i don't want to speak for ben i don't know if ben has fasted and there's no judgment if he has or hasn't but i'm curious since will has what is what has been the reason for it or what has been the takeaway from your fasts um so with Lent specifically, I have actually never uh, fasted for the purpose of Lent. Um, it's uh, um, Lent, I don't know, I don't really tie fasting or giving up something with Lent. I know most people do, but for me, it's uh, reflect uh, reflecting on Christ's passion. So I, I do um, include habits during the Lent season, but fasting is not one of them. But fasting is something that I do on a regular basis year round. And for me, it is uh, um, fasting from food every couple of weeks. And it's, it's something that I have always found. Well, I shouldn't say always. When I first started fasting, I hated it. I thought it was the worst thing in the world. And why, why would anybody do this ever? Like, it's so stupid. Like, <laughs> and, and then it's something that I have found a lot of comfort in uh shockingly enough like the the more i did it the more i'm just like i really enjoy this state uh partly because like uh cooking food i have found to be like a lot of work and my mind would always just think about it and it was it was something comforting of like not having to think about food like it was um uh so there but eventually like near the end of the fast i'll start think about about food but um planning for my meal and i would make the meal a very special occasion and so so there's something in the waiting of fasting that i enjoy um immensely so i will normally it's just a 24 hour uh sort of fast uh but uh sometimes they go longer sometimes they go shorter i'm not too strict about that yeah that's a nice little little snapshot. Yeah, thank you for thank you for sharing and not in a Pharisaical way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a struggle of like talking about fasting. I'm like, am I like the Pharisees if I say that I fast on a regular basis? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I don't think I got the intonation that you were putting yourself above all the yobbers listening and all the other lurkers listening and above. But I am and above me. <laughs> So as long as you, I think that's, I think we talked about that a little bit at our, at our zoom call as well. It's like, I think we can talk about fasting, but the whole point of it is like, don't make yourself like I'm a super Christian now because I fast and I do this, you know, we, we've already established that I'm holier than thou. Right. So that's I... that saying. <laughs> you know, I love our, our conversations are so fluid. They connect from one segment to the next. I love it. I uh, I know that for me, it, it doesn't involve um, giving up food, although that was something in the past that I've done. Um, yeah, this is something that's kind of developed as an adult being somewhat uh, like borderline hypoglycemic, where if I don't eat, um, there are going to be issues. So usually for me, it's giving up something else, but not as much the giving up aspect as, as leaning into... Um, the intentionality of time. How am I using my time? What am I focusing on? 
during this. You know, I mentioned that like for my church this year, we're, we're going through different things each month and kind of, you know, cultivating, I guess you could say, uh, one thing to let go of and one thing to grab hold of um, and kind of taking this this time period of Lent to, to do that in life as well. What are things that I need to let go of and what are things that I need to learn to cling to more? It's kind of what it looks like for me at this point. Yeah, I think that's the element of, of fasting and in particular in the season of Lent that I appreciate is the you're subtracting something. And then so by subtracting something, you are then adding something and hopefully it's it's good things hopefully it's healthy things but um i fasted from food in my life something i've done a lot to put my to put myself up there um something i've done is i've fasted from technology for various seasons and that could look like social media that could look like all technology um that is a big one because you subtract yeah you subtract social media you subtract um email you subtract YouTube and Netflix. I mean, all of a sudden that's, that adds up in a hurry. And it's like, what am I now filling my time with? Because that's like 90% of my day. I can't, and especially this has been challenging for me because I, I've had to be very intentional about this with, with all the work that I do with Yab. Like it's all digital, right? It's like blogs and podcasts and Zoom calls and virtual retreats in Gathertown. Like there's so much that forces me to be glued to a screen and glued to technology. And um, something I did last year, which was, I guess, I guess it was a laptop fast, if that's a thing. But like I took a trip out west last year, left my laptop at home. I feel like it's the only time in my life I've ever done that. Take a, tr- take a trip more than a couple of days and not have my laptop with me. Um, and it was very jarring at first, but it was also incredibly freeing to be let go of something that I'm normally reliant on, like maybe not to the extent of being reliant on food, but I mean, it's my livelihood. It's like putting, putting this website out there and these stories and creating, helping create this community week after week, month after month. So it was a change to go a week of my life without my laptop and to not have this, um, this sustenance for lack of a better word. Um, and it was just beautiful to like wake up. I would do a lot of camping. And so like to wake up in the woods and to have a journal and a tangible book, no Kindles, a, a tangible book. Like what, it, like, what is this life? Like it was, it was revitalizing to replace. And that's just for the aesthetics. Like obviously spending time with the Lord and prayer and scripture is part of it too. But, but it's amazing how much subtracting something, even just for a week, for a day, for a week, for 40 days, um, how much that can just be inspiring and refreshing and rejuvenating. Tom, I think the next time you do a laptop fast, uh, you should write all your blogs on a typewriter. Um, that, that would be I need that to would just be wonderful. Pack my typewriter and my carry on, and <laughs> off I go. <laughs> they they do they make cases for typewriters, so you don't uh, have to pack it in a carry on. Do they make uh, cases with like backpack straps so I could like backpack in the woods and then pull out my my typewriter? That would be cool. S- Sadly, no, they're normally like a briefcase uh, sort of thing. Mm. Uh, uh, but they, I, I did see a while back that there's uh, a company made a smart typewriter. So you, you could go that oh, route. Of course, of course <laughs> they did. Everything's smart now. <laughs> I'm sure it's made by a bunch of hipsters. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Portland, that's a Portland thing. So the idea of, you know, giving up something for potentially 40 days, but I think Maybe this is something that you know people don't necessarily think about uh, when it comes to Lent. Is 
it's the the 40 days leading up to Easter, but not Sundays. Because the idea there is Sundays are meant to be a day where we're we're pausing, we're celebrating the resurrection. Um, so to think about the idea of giving up something for six days and then to be able to pick it back up again. And there's this direct contrast of I just went through this where I didn't have this thing. Now I do again. And tomorrow I'm going to go back to not having it in this, this contrast here of how important to me is this thing that I'm giving up and realizing, oh, gosh, it's not that big of a deal to let go of this, you know, whatever it might happen to be for that period of time. Um, <laughs> that having been said, if one gives up food, then, you know, uh, or a particular type of food, one should not gorge oneself on that type of food on Sunday. Uh, that would probably be a bad idea. I spent nine months in a mission program in Washington, D.C. I refer to that as my my time when I was in the cult. Um, and we had to pay to be there. And we did ministry in inner city, D.C. and Baltimore. And we, our, our program director got this really wonderful idea that since we were paying to be there and we weren't working, but, you know, Christians are still called to tithe, that we would tithe the first three days of every month in fasting. And so we would take the first three days of every month and everybody in our community would fast. And at the end of that time, we'd stay up until, you know, midnight and then everybody would gorge themselves and get sick, which was stupid. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's a right way to do it. And there's a wrong way to do it. You can do it with the right heart attitude and you can do it to be legalistic as well. Wait, wait, Ben, you've joined a missionary cult at one time. Too? Absolutely. <laughs> Is this a rite of passage for all pastors or what? What's the deal? Yeah, that's what I'm beginning to wonder. Like I spent, I spent nine months doing that one time. So. Did you go through uh, the book Freedoms in Christ, where you go through the inventory of your family sins and your own personal sins? Oh. Dude, were we in the same same uh, sort of program? At the end of it, or at one point during it, did they dig a six-foot-deep pit, and you symbolically threw things into the pit, and then at the end, they lit it on fire? No, they didn't do that, but the program I was in told me uh, my theology was way too off-base, and I wasn't allowed back, so I was... I was kicked out. No, we got to use fire, so I think my cult is better than your cult, so... Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Always an adventure with you two and your journeys. I'm so glad your journeys intersected here to, here with us in, in the Yob universe. <laughs> um, yeah, I love, you were sort of touching on it, Will, about like the anticipation of, like if you're, if you're doing a food fast of like creating a meal on the other side of that and have some having something to celebrate, something to look forward to. Um, that was a word someone brought up during our our Zoom call, the anticipation, and that's something that I appreciate about about Lent, which is what I also appreciate about Advent, which is um, the fact that we are noticing the calendar, we are noticing the days, we are noticing what this is leading up to. Um, which again, this isn't a knock on evangelical or otherwise traditions that don't observe Lent, but. Um, but I have found it personally meaningful to, to be able to, instead of just wake up and like, oh, it's Easter today, <laughs> like to have a buildup and to have this preparation and to have like to, to reorient my heart. Like, of course we should be living in an Easter world all year long, but, but life has seasons and we grow and change and things are better and things are worse and things. And like, this is just a ground, I've just found it a grounding season, 
um, and to really soak in the anticipation and to soak in um, to make more real like what it is we are we are fixated on as believers and what we are working toward. And I have an affinity for Good Friday. I've done um, I was born on Good Friday and I just feel a kindred spirit with the dark the darkness, the horrificness of that day. It just matches up with my soul perfectly. Um, so <laughs> I I have to learn to I have to learn to hold them hold it in balance of like yes, it's good to be heavy and weighty and appreciate the the sacrifice that that Jesus made on our behalf but then to but then to wake up on Easter and not be annoyed that everyone's celebrating and like that is part of my story too it's like the misery and the the death but it's also life it's it's mostly life and so um so being able to to hold those two things and um and to just be more mindful of it through through this season i have found just a beautiful a beautiful process this is what i appreciate from like churches that do follow the liturgical calendar more where like Easter is not just one Sunday, but it is a season of six Sundays. Like it's you are blowing people's minds right now. There are some people who have no idea like, wait, Easter is more than one day or like there's 12 days of Christmas or there's more than one Christmas day. Like that's, that's revolutionary for many people in America or around the world. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad you, I'm glad <laughs> you mentioned that. Well, and I think it's important too. Like when I fast, I spend so much time like planning that meal. Um, and uh, it's like, I want it to be as good tasting as possible. Like, like here's the suffering. And then I want the wonderful enjoyment. Um, and I, I normally have a good 15 year single malt scotch reserved for, for that meal as well. And, and then like, like it's celebratory. So like with Lent, we're spending a lot of time uh, focusing on the uh, reflecting on the difficulty of, of life and the impacts of sin. Um, and we need to spend at least just as much time reflecting on the resurrection and the hope that we have and the joy that we have. So, so it's like when we do this one Sunday for Easter sort of thing, I'm like, come on, people. Like we need we need to like uh, enjoy the resurrection that Christ has not only provided for us, but has promised to us at the, the return of Christ. So that to me, that's essential. Nope. After Easter Sunday, we're going back to our our culturally themed like Marvel church series where we're talking about superheroes of the faith or something. <laughs> At first I thought you were going to say, you're going to go back to the melancholy. I'm like only an Enneagram forward. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just like the church series after, after Easter, we go back to the new church series, but yeah, I see what you're saying though. What would it be like to say, I've never had that part of my, of my like faith tradition of having six weeks of Easter. Like that sounds magical actually. Um, Shout out to those who who experienced that. I was wondering, can I go back to suffering for just a minute? Yes, go back to suffering. Please. Okay, so um, <laughs> I think one of the things that you know, going through Lent, whatever a person happens to you know choose to do, is you know maybe cultivating a discipline, doing a time of reflection, giving something up. There will inevitably be at some point, you know, during that forty day period where that is harder than others. Or where a person, you know, breaks their their Lenten fast um, and not on Sunday. 
And, you know, to, to Will's point of not just, you know, looking at the, the pain and the hardship, the suffering aspect, but looking to the cross and Christ, you know, afterward in the Sundays following, um, I think that even in the middle of Lent with that striving and that struggle, that's supposed to show us, you know, our insufficiency. It's supposed to show us our own, you know, our own humanity, our own sinfulness and our need of Christ rather than, you know, going, oh man, I screwed up and, you know, feeling further away from God, if anything, you know, or are struggling during that time. It's meant, you know, to make us run to the cross. It's meant to remind us of why we need a savior. Beautifully said. Thank you. Um, as I as we like wind down the conversation, I wanted to tie it to our sexuality in some way because we have to bring everything back to gayness. Like, why not? Why not? Um, because where else are you going to get a podcast about the Lenten season and being attracted to men? Like, where else can you find that on the internet? So, should we should we call this episode "Queering Lent"? Like, <laughs> ooh, Queering Lent. I like that. Let's workshop some other titles too. Yeah, while, while we're at it, um, I was coming up. I was trying to come up with a good discussion question. Here's what I came up with, you guys. Let me know what you think. Are we, as people of faith, and attracted to the same sex, are we specially equipped by a life of sacrifice to participate in a season of one, or? Are we additionally burdened by the mere concept of sacrifice? What say each of you? Ponder that for a moment. I feel like so many, so many people in our community have said something, some sort of variation on how, well, there's times they view their sexuality as a struggle, that they're also at times incredibly thankful for their sexuality because that that struggling that wrestling has been you know one of the main catalysts to drive them to to run after god um and so you know the idea there are we uniquely equipped for for suffering i would say if if we allow you know god to redeem our stories if we allow him to redeem the wrestling and the struggling we've already learned to lean into him in this so yeah, maybe we are better equipped than some people to lean into lean into him in other areas. Um, but I'd also add that that's that's anybody who's taken the struggles in life and has allowed them to come back to the cross of Jesus and allowing that to transfer to other areas. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because like one of the things we need to remember just because we're attracted to the same sex, that does not mean our lives are automatically harder or that we understand difficulty better than um, our uh, fellow straight people. Uh, but I think with our cer- uh, current cultural situation and the way churches uh, uh, treat LGBTQ people and whatnot, that does put us into a spot where we we do tend to suffer more or understanding or understand suffering a little bit more or we, uh, um, uh, have those moments where we have to rely on Christ more, especially within a church setting. Uh, so it's, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I struggle to say that, uh, being gay automatically means more suffering, but we are put in situations quite a bit because of our sexuality and, and for us celibate people because of being single, like it's, uh, um, it is an interesting spot sometimes. 
Yeah. And the purpose of that question, it's certainly, I'm glad you guys basically said that. It's like, I don't want to say, yeah, that we are suffering and straight people are not. That is that is definitely not the point of that question. But but I remember a friend once years ago, like, like this was something he got fired up about because he was also living a life that we're, le- we're leading, um, being attracted to the same men, but not pursuing a sexual romantic relationship with one and saying like, every day I have to give that up. I have to lay that down. I have to not pursue that in my pursuit of Jesus. And and he was at a particularly like um, angsty part of, of his journey and, and at that juncture and was like, talking about straight people is like in one, one straight person in particular is like, what are you giving up? What are you like viscerally giving up every day that I am? Um, and it's going to be different for every people. Like there's some people who just have life lined up better than others. It's not to say that everybody, that there's somebody out there not struggling with anything, but, but some people have more cards dealt to them than others. And, um, I imagine a lot of people listening, a lot of, a lot of gay or SSA people, especially, feel like the cards are stacked more against them than the people around them. And, um, and just like the, the constant reminder of why we're doing what we're doing. Like, it's just an interesting concept to think about with the Lenten season, how that could be, that could be something that really resonates with you, or it could be something that completely turns you off. Like I could see people be like, kind of like I was joking earlier, like COVID was such a burden on me and everybody. And I had an autoimmune disease. I was like, no, I'm not giving up something. I've already given up so much this year. And I, that was me being angsty, Tom which I'm pretty much always that way, but, but it was very angsty that year, um, the last two years. And hopefully I'm climbing out of that angsty cloud, but I can see, I could see how that could be uh, a perspective that a lot of gay or SSA folks would take with respect to Lent and sacrifice. And in some of my worst moments, um, like I've gotten, um, comments from LGBTQ people who, who are like, uh, uh, not LGBTQ people, straight people who are like LGBTQ people have no self-control. Like they just are promiscuous and, and all that. So in my worst moments, I often uh, will say to uh, straight people of like, where's your self-control? Like, come on, like you, you just uh, have no self-control. So you had to get married and, and uh, you have a whole bunch of kids. It's just like, where was that self-control? Like, uh, why, why can't you be a little bit holier? Um, <laughs> and, and it's, um, yeah, that's not the the right attitude to have, or even like, and that was more of a joke, but even in my more serious, uh, uh, worst moments, I get upset uh, when people who have the life that I've always wanted uh, do not treat it well. Mm-hmm. So like people who are married and they just uh, do not treat their spouse well. And, and I, I will, I will admit, I get, I get upset at that. I get upset what other people have and I don't have and, and, and whatnot. And that's not a right state to be in too. And I, I think Lent is, a reminder i think of of that that like we don't have what we want we are in a fallen world and and it's a uh, um and it is fine to suffer and it's it's actually suffering leads to goodness so it's like like it's always good to to remember the the gifts that that god has given us not dwell on um uh, what other people have I talked about the idea of um, a dialectic before, uh, at least in some of the some of the posts that I've written. But the Christian life is a life of dialectic, and you know that's two ideas that might seem contradictory, yet both are true. 
Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So in Christ, there is rest. And then we also look at the life of the Apostle Paul, who has that continual thorn in his flesh that he begs, God, take this away from me. My grace is sufficient for you. And, you know, like if we were to just pluck a couple of verses out of context, all right, where is Paul's rest? Um, I think, you know, going into Lent, there's that element there, that that awareness of there is both rejoicing. And then again, that's where that comes back on Sundays, you're not doing the fasting. There's rejoicing and there's suffering, there's sacrifice, and there's there's feasting as well. So this idea of struggle and you know tying it back into our into our sexuality, um, I think that we can err you know too far one way or the other as well. It's possible to to just focus on the hardship, just focus on the the pain of having to give up certain things, but also, you know, not focus enough on the gifts that we get as a result, the the intentional community that we have as a result of, you know, shared struggle. Um, were it not for my attraction to other men, I wouldn't have a lot of the close friendships that I have. Uh, people that have seen me in my vulnerability, that have taken the time to, to love me and get to know me. Um, I am not alone because I have struggled. And there, you know, there my struggles have turned into a different kind of joy. What are you giving up? This question that often accompanies this Lenten season is a question that parallels, magnifies the scope of this entire Christian life this Christian walk, this Christian stagger. What are you giving up? For many of us, we give up sex. We give up a romantic relationship. We give up a sense of normalcy with the people around us, the culture, the society at large. To follow Jesus authentically and bravely, we may give up a lot. For those who are married, maybe the grass looks greener on the other side. To be single, to be unattached, unencumbered by a spouse, by kids, by these next two, three, five, six decades, feeling locked into the same thing or wondering if there's anything new, anything fresh, anything fulfilling to come. And yet with the giving up, with the surrender of some sort of self, the yielding to something else. There's the hope that we yield to something better, not just marginally so, but the ultimate. And I don't know how God speaks to you. If I've learned anything in my three plus decades, it's that God speaks in countless ways, countless ways as innumerable as the people who have walked this planet. For me, he speaks in that metaphorical, still small voice, compunctions that grow louder and louder. The more I ponder them, the more I consider them, the more I talk about them, 
with fellow believers, the more I journal about them, the more I close my eyes and dream. And ever since I was a college student, this discipline of fasting, this discipline of sacrifice has seemed to aid in this endeavor to hear from God. The compunctions grow clearer, the action steps made more actionable. I can remember fasting, making decisions like moving across the country or changing colleges or leaving a job to dive full-time into a website, into a blog, into a podcast, into an online community that some way, somehow, continues year after year. The still small voice doesn't feel as still or as small anymore. And it certainly doesn't mean that all of my life's questions have disappeared, that everything is completely laid out before me. But it does mean that if I continue to lay down, if I continue to trust that the God who has provided, who has supplied my needs, who has directed me from one way station to the next, will continue to do so will continue to prove faithful even in life's winter seasons, even in the waiting. These 40 days of Lent parallel the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness. Many of us are familiar with the story, being tempted by the devil, going without food. It's hard to believe that just a page previous he's being lowered into the water by his cousin, being raised, the heavens opening, a voice coming down saying, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. These are the words undoubtedly ringing around his head, settling in his soul as he sets out into the desert, into the wild for a 40 day journey that takes him to the brink of his humanity allows us to see that the God we follow, this Jesus, also hungered, also wandered, undoubtedly longed to hear that audible voice from heaven again and again. Luke 4, 1 through 13 reads as follows from the ESV. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, 
lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And so, fellow sparrows, those refreshed, revitalized in the dripping waters of baptism, and those long wandering the dry, dusty, hungry deserts, those in abundance and those without, to all who lay something down, to all who wince at the cost, may you be assured of your sacrifice today. It goes not unseen. Jesus, our Lord, our brother, who identifies his heart as gentle and lowly, meets you there, meets you here gently in your lowest of lows, your most lacking of lacks, your yearning of all yearnings. We follow this Jesus who walked this earth and also went without, lived without spouse, lived without kids, lived beyond cultural expectations. He lived without a home, apart from perfect heavenly union with his Father. He also wandered, also gave things up, gave up everything, and he is with you in your daily sacrifice. May we cling evermore to his side, to his call. In this Lenten season especially, may we be reminded with each sunrise and each sunset that this Jesus of the desert is with us. Faithful to his Father's call, he died for us, and he rose for us. Gave us a hope that we too will rise with him. So let us wait actively. Let us wait expectantly. And let us cheer one another on in our daily sacrifices, because we are not alone. We will never be alone. Wait, me giving up uh, sex is not about me, but about Jesus? Uh, I thought you were giving up celibacy for Lent. Oh, yeah, that's (laughs) right. The joke joke was you were going to give up celibacy for Lent. but And I'm failing miserably. (laughs) (laughs) Still vastly celibate. Um, This has been a great conversation, you guys. It went too fast. I I quite enjoyed it, but... um, the conversation isn't over. And in fact, I've been really pleased lately. We've had some good comments on our on our blog about some podcasts we've done recently. So if you guys want to chime in, if you want to comment your Lent, your hot takes on Lent, um, go over to our podcast episode page, yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Find the episode 94 post on Lent and sexuality. Um, tell us a bit about your Lent um, journey. If you've observed it, if you've never observed it, Um, what you've taken away from observing it, um, how you connect it with your sexuality and this concept of sacrifice. I joked with with Will last night on our Zoom call that I would love to do a fasting podcast one day. Like I know we touched on that a lot in this episode, but I've always wanted to do a fasting podcast and really focus on spiritual disciplines in general. So that's just one we could pick. But um, maybe we'll revisit this topic in the future and talk specifically about fasting. If I can rope in... I don't know. I'm not going to sign up Pastor Ben if he doesn't want to. But if I can rope in two people to talk about fasting, I would love to have that conversation specifically someday.
Oh, you should rope in Ben. This is this is uh, uh, pastors and spiritual I disciplines. I don't want to like put the spiritual disciplines topics on all of you guys, but if you're up, up for it, maybe we'll do that someday. You know, people do that in daily life to pastors. They just think we know everything there is about prayer mm-hmm. and and uh, reading the Bible and right, right. Anyway, give us a comment and. Also, shout out, we're on YouTube. I like to call it YobTube. We're on the YobTube. Um, our podcasts go over there, too. And sometimes people comment some funny, interesting things over there, too. So if you're not subscribed to your other brothers on YouTube, you can do that as well. Um, every once in a while, we get a rogue comment over there. And that's always fun to check as well. So um, lots of ways to interact and engage with the content. And of course, we didn't have a voicemail to play this episode. But you're always welcome, dear listener, to call the Yob line at 706-389-8009. If you have a Lenten story, even though by the time you share it with us and we come back, it'll probably be June or July at that point. So maybe not as relevant anymore, but we could we could still open the time capsule and go back to, to Lent and Easter. That's fun. It'll be in time for Lent next year. Right. Maybe we'll just save that, <laughs> save that voicemail for a year from now and we'll, we'll read it then. Yeah, I... I hate that we're, again, I feel guilty, you guys, that we just took a little break and now we're taking a longer break with the podcast, but it's all in due time. This is the season we're in. Uh, We are now switching gears to retreat season. And again, huge encouragement to you if you are curious about our community, if you'd love to just dip your toes in, maybe dip your toes out after it's over. That'd be totally fine, but we would love to have you. So um, get in touch with me via email or just go straight to our Patreon and sign up. We would love to love to have you. It'd be good to gather again and to um, it'll be right after it'll be the weekend after Easter. And so I'm just looking forward to um, uniting in that that season after Easter and just being together, albeit digitally, but in such a fun little unique way. Oh, and thank you, Lint. Thank you, Lint, for covering this episode, dotting it all over. Love Lint. You know something? I'm gonna throw my mom under the bus. I, something I love about my dear mother is like, whenever I go home to visit, cause I'll bring my laundry with me whenever I go to visit. Um, and I pull out the dryer, like it has one of those big things you pull out of the dryer with the lint. It's like a sweater. I swear a sweater comes out of that thing every time. It's like three inches thick. Um, it's like a big <laughs> sheet, big old sheet of lint. I was like, you never empty this out. This dryer is going to explode one day and it's not gonna be my fault, but, um, but that's 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 fun when you can take lint and form it into other clothing items because it's so mammoth. Isn't that great? <laughs> I I am just so disappointed in you. Like what? You're supposed to be supportive of this sponsor. You're not Matthew. <laughs> You're taking the role of Matthew, who always hates the sponsorships of this show. I I normally love all of the sponsors. Who would you I, in I, a I perfect world? Who would you have roped in to sponsor an episode on Lent? Maybe I should have consulted you. All you can eat buffets. All you can eat buffets are sponsoring Lent. <laughs> ah, that's I, a good one. I I was thinking of Tim Hortons because in Canada oh, the yeah, Tim Hortons sure. restaurant always has the rope the rim uh, during Lent, but they probably would never sponsor something like this. Mm. Doesn't Chick Fil A Chick Fil A like sells fish sandwiches during Lent, don't they? I've seen that. <laughs> aren't they? Aren't they a bit anti-gay? Like, should we be? <laughs> Chick Fil A is not a sponsor of this show. I'm just stating the fact that they do that. Like, you can go to Chick Fil A. I'm pretty sure you can go to Chick Fil A during Lent and get a fish sandwich, which sounds very strange. 
Like why? Why is that a thing? But for people not eating meat, although fish is still meat, I've never understood that, but that's another conversation for another time. We're out of time. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor Ben, I know you wanted to chime in right there, but we, we have no time. Um, this has been a great episode, you guys. For all of our listeners, we'll be back soon. Stay tuned. Don't give up on us. We'll probably be back the end of May, so stay tuned. We'll be back after our retreat, after I disappear off the grid. I didn't even talk about that. My goodness. After this retreat, I'm disappearing just like I did last year, you guys. Going to disappear, go camping in the woods, brew my own coffee. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. But I'll be back on the other side, rejuvenated, recharged, ready to produce new episodes. And this is something I wanted to say to close our 100th episode. It's coming. It's coming. We're six Yobcasts away from episode 100. And we need ideas. We need ideas of how to celebrate that, of ways to look back on 100 episodes of this show. So anyone out there has ideas brewing, you know, you've got the Yav line, you've got emails, you've got the comment section. There are ways to get your ideas out there. We welcome any or all. So let us know. What, what should we do? What should we do for episode 100? Or should we play the route where it's just another episode <laughs> and do nothing special? I think we should just drink whiskey. Okay, there's <laughs> Will's thrown his first idea into the ring, so there we go. Drinking whiskey for episode 100. We'll consider it. We'll see. We'll see what else we get. But um, but it, looking forward at some point this year, Lord willing, Lord willing, we will get there. We will get there soon. So stay tuned for that. But for now, for all your other brothers, my name is Tom. And I'm Ben. And I'm Will. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. See you next time, everybody, whenever that may be. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Bros. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com or write to us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.